the max. It is me, Maggie Davis, joined as always with Jack Pilgrim and Zach Gagan. We've got an awesome show lined up today. We're going casual. I've got a sweatshirt on. Zach is still repping the brand, as always, with the KSR polo. Jack is still trying to prove to us that he does laundry. I'm still not sure we're buying that. Three different shirts in three different weeks, baby. We're good. It's crazy. It's a weekly show, and somehow he's worn three different shirts now over the past eight weeks. It's somehow never- I manage. Um, <laughs> but we won't go too hard on him today because I think he's had a rough day. He's got a lot of news he wants to talk about. He's fired up. He's ready to talk. He's got some good content for all of our favorite fans and listeners. So, Jack, I'm not even going to spoil it. I'm just going to give it to you right now. The floor is yours, my man. <sighs> well, I appreciate the uh, the introduction. It was well needed. It kind of calmed me down a little bit because I was – you know, as we were recording beforehand and, and kind of getting geared up, um, you could tell that, you know, I got a little fire underneath me today. There's a little, you know, some, some little baggage um, leading into this show that I think your, your nice introduction helped calm me down a little bit. So I'll ease into it, but I think you guys are going to kind of see a, a new side of me today, I hope. I, I think it's going to be energetic. It's going to be enthusiastic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Is that okay. a new side? It's a, a new side to Jack, and this side is what, fooled by bourbon. <laughs> here I am. For those watching, this that's is... His, that's his fifth one, by the way. <laughs> no, no, it is not. That, it's been a long day. That's for like 50 minutes from now. That'll be, that'll be, I'll be on my fifth one by then. Um, yeah. just, just kidding. Uh, that, that would be very uh-huh. difficult to make happen. Anyway, so this afternoon, news breaks that Kentucky is reportedly... The hiring is not official, but it seems like we're in the home stretch of Kentucky bringing on none other than Jay Lucas, who is a familiar name in the Kentucky sports radio world. I believe back in 2007 was, I, th- I actually just looked it up. I think KSR wrote 327 posts about Jay Lucas in his time as a former McDonald's All-American is during the Billy Gillespie days when they were looking for any and all recruiting momentum in the, on the planet, they're going after Patrick Patterson and Jay Lucas. They Wait. secured a commitment on one of them. Go for it. I have a question. Then, I I'll, then I'll let you keep rolling. So 2007, obviously none of us wrote for KSR at that point. Were you all following KSR at that point as fans? Were you a part of this Jay Lucas saga? Because I think I sort of came in toward the end of it. Like I wasn't like – on the website every day, listening to the show every day, but I definitely was like keeping up with this news, but I wasn't like all in. I mean, I was, I was in like middle school. (laughs) But but what about you all? I was right on where I think where you are, I believe just kind of that, that because I think Matt brought it up after, after the fact, when these rumors started coming out, he said something along the lines of, Jay Lucas, a big reason why KSR is KSR right now is because of the Jay, Jay Lucas recruitment. So, I guess it would make a lot of sense that a lot of us didn't really know about KSR leading into it. And then kind of as we were in the midst of it and, you know, moving forward, that's a big reason why KSR became KSR. So I'm right in your, but I'm, I'm right in that same boat with you. That I, I, I just remember reading a Jay Lucas article in like my computer, like typing elective. And I was supposed to be like, typing the same up. thing. <laughs> the same thing. Okay. I I Sorry just, to interrupt. I just, I just wanted to ask Zach, what about you? That was kind of the same thing for me. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I started getting into KSR until like I was in high school. I was probably like a sophomore, freshman in high school. So it was probably 2009 or 10 before I finally got into it. But once you said 2007, Jack, I was like, dang, I was like, there's no way any of us were on that site. But I do remember the Jay Lucas and Patrick Patterson debacle whenever it happened, or I barely remember it. So I'm sure I read a KSR post or two about it, but. There were over 300, so yeah, odds so are solid. You probably did. On one. And it but actually it, – it, I didn't it, really jump on the train. It lingered on afterward because Jay Lucas started his career. So he turned down Kentucky the first time. UK got Patrick Patterson. Jay Lucas went to flo- – signed with Florida. And then a year later he entered – well, at that time I don't think the transfer portal existed, but he transferred to Texas where he spent his final two years of eligibility. And uh, from there – I believe, you know, he spent some time in the NBA, and then from there he joined the Texas recruiting uh, – Texas coaching staff, I believe, when he was 23 years old. I mean, like one of the youngest – I mean, he he was practically a graduate assistant when he first joined, kind of hung in there. I mean, he was on the coaching staff, I think, three years as a special assistant to the head coach, and then another four, I believe, as 
Um, he started out under Rick Barnes, who's now at Tennessee, and then the next, the last four years, he's been under Shaka Smart at, at Texas. So the dude has been in the game since the, I mean, literally the, the minute he left the NBA. I mean, he didn't play in the NBA long, obviously, but he went straight from the league to the back to where he played in college, was a special assistant, you know, turned into one of the most, you know, the, 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 best up-and-coming recruiter in I mean in the game seriously I mean he was instrumental in Texas signing Muhammad Bamba uh, instrumental in just this past year I think it was he was the lead recruiter on uh, on Greg Brown the third and as you guys know Kentucky was right in the thick of things with him and Muhammad Bamba back in the back in the day so I mean this is a kid the kid I mean he's 31 years old so it's hard calling him a kid but I mean he's he would be the youngest coaching guy on the Kentucky coaching staff by seven years Joel Justice being 38 so I mean this would be a complete shift of events for what Kentucky has been doing in the past about adding guys to their their coaching staff Um, but I mean it would be massive I mean talking to guys you know behind the scenes down in Texas and people that really know high school basketball AAU basketball um, he's one of the most well-connected guys in in just the recruiting world the dude knows everybody um, as part of it is because his dad John Lucas has been in the AAU circuit forever high profile trainer he's been in the games you know forever actually close with coach Cal he used to coach the Cleveland Cavaliers who drafted Dewan Blair back in the day, who was Coach Cal's first one and done out of, out of uh, Memphis. So, wow. I mean, it, I mean, it goes. It, it's a, it's a very, I mean, small world, really. I mean, when you think about it, but this is a high, high, high profile signing that'd be a. I mean, nothing is official right right now. In fact, it wasn't supposed to come out today. Let's just put let's just put it out there right now. I was up, I got a call at about 10 o'clock last night, said, hey, this is, I think this is in the works. It's been in the works since last week. Um, I don't know what you're supposed to put out right now. I don't know if you're even allowed to put anything out right now, but um, this is something you need to be monitoring pretty closely. So I sent them, you know, 30 texts last night to whoever would, could respond to me about how things were going, you know, what I needed to know if I could confirm with anybody, what move would be made on the Kentucky side of things if that were to come to fruition, however, the case, whatever the case was. Um, started getting some confirmation that this was very real early this morning, um, but still not like a guarantee, not something like sources tell me that this is in the works, like this is happening. Uh, Be be prepared prepared for it. Uh, (laughs) I was making fun of myself. Um, Not obviously not I could put out initially. um, And then it kind of seemed like we hit this point this afternoon where Everybody started talking about it, and it was like, "Oh shit! How is this all unfolding as fast as it is?" All right, I gotta you know scramble to put something up. So it was rough. The, the once we hit about two o'clock, three o'clock, it was a rough afternoon in terms of like trying to get everything out there and putting out everything I know without like ruffling any feathers because I was actually told right before we got on the show that. Jay Lucas is not happy with how things have unfolded. He wanted it to be a, as of right now, he's still very likely to join the coaching staff, but he wanted it to be on his own terms. He wanted to, you know, formally tell his, his team that, that he was leaving and that this was going to be a, you know, a heartbreaking thing. I mean, he went to college there. This is a, I mean, this is a, a situation close to his heart. He went to college uh, at Texas, but this is a career move that it, you know, hard for him to pass up. So he wanted this to be on his own terms it ended up not being on his own terms. And I think there's a little bit of frustration with that. I don't think it's going to change anything at the end of the day in terms of him actually signing on the dotted line and joining the staff. Um, but um, as of right now, it looks like it's happening. And, and I mean, I think it's a huge, 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 huge deal for the Kentucky basketball program. Shoot, deep breath. You made it through. <sighs> good job, Jack. We're proud of you. You did good work on the website today. I'm sorry you got a little scooped there. But we know you wanted to drop this scoop on the max on our show. I was, going to. I was so excited. I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I was going to come out and say that there was like Jay Lucas's name, but I was at least going to come on and be like, hey, there's something that we might be talking about next week. Just want to put this out there so you guys are, are aware of this. And, you know, you'd be one of those. I hate that. I hate when people are like, something good's coming. Get excited. But like, I would have at least acknowledged that it was an addition to the coaching staff. I wouldn't have done the, well, something is happening, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Ha, ha, ha. I was at least going to do the, it's it's good news regarding the coaching staff, and, and 
we'll see how it goes. I'll let you guys know as soon as it is it is confirmed on on I'll my let end. you know after this commercial break. <laughs> Back to you. Stay with us. <laughs> Just kidding. If anyone wants to sponsor us, though, we could have a commercial break. That'd be fine. I'll read some ads. This would be a perfect opportunity for me. How to crazy would it brother. be? How crazy would it be? Like within this year, if Patrick Patterson wins an NBA title with the Clippers at in the same year that Kentucky lands Jay Lucas after all of this part time. Three, Wouldn't that be such a crazy, three. like, full circle situation? Circle of life, KSR edition. Yeah, good job. The words Jeez. today, I think you're lying. I'm worked up, I'm worked up man. Had, I told you it was his fifth. Yeah. I know. I wish I were drunk. I wish – I wish I were drunk right now, but I'm not, unfortunately. We'll get there tonight, though. All right. I wish you the best of luck. Let's hop into some bubble talk because it's been two days of official NBA playoffs. I know Zach has been like – it's been an out-of-body experience for you, Zach. So I just want you to get to talk about that a little bit. We've seen some great basketball so far. What has been your favorite part? Oh, my favorite part? I don't know if I have a favorite part so far. Uh, the games have been – the games on day one, especially, were for the most part, they were pretty enjoyable. I don't know if uh, either of you all got to dive into them at all, but today was the big Kentucky day. We had a lot of Kentucky players. Eric Bledsoe uh, continues to kind of do not not very well in the playoffs. So that's uh, going to be another or continued talking point throughout the rest of this. Uh, and they lost to the Magic somehow. Um, because crazy. of course, I, I picked the Bucks to sweep, so they would very obviously lose that first game. But the Magic in round one of the uh, playoffs last year, or game one, guess who they beat? Who? The Toronto Raptors in game one of round one, who went on to win the title. So, you know. So, do you think this is a little foreshadowing, a little conspiracy theory? I'm just saying that when the Bucks ultimately win the next four games in a row and then beat Jack's uh, Jason Tatum's, it's going to be <laughs> not, not very Tatum. surprising to anybody. Can we talk Particularly about Gordon me. for a second? Can about we who? About Gordon Hayward. Sure. Yeah, well, that sucks. He, uh, that's, he's I been mean, so good. Jalen so Brown good. and Jason Tatum are yeah. fun. Yeah, not a good day for Jack. We're getting, we're getting 25 apiece from Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown every time. Gordon Hayward's just dragging them down. Gordon Hayward is 17, six and six every single night. That is, he is, he is Boston's best playmaker slash ball handler slash facilitator. That dude is the most underrated dude. I mean, one of the most underrated guys in the NBA, I think. I mean, and for him, for, for us to lose him for four weeks and shoot, I mean, his wife, gone by then. his wife, I know. Well, without him, I think we will. That's what's so depressing. And I think his his wife. Oh, you, should, you should sweep through these 76ers pretty easily. Yeah, but we're not being Toronto without Gordon Hayward. I really don't think we can. Uh, that'll be really, really depressing. But his wife, I'm I'm hoping. I'm here. Here's here's best case scenario. His wife like pops into labor like today. He leaves the bubble because she's she's like very pregnant right now. Let's not wish prematurely. She is on the cusp of labor, so this is not this would not be premature. This would be on time this would be perfect she has the baby he leaves the bubble he rehabs for four weeks enjoys his baby time with his baby multiple babies enjoys his baby time with, with his, his babies, babies. that's in-depth analysis from comes Jack. back <laughs> healthy leg looking amazing ankle looking amazing we're already you know we're, i think at that time we'll be coasting into the eastern conference finals uh he just pops in right at the perfect time we beat the beat i think we played the Milwaukee Bucks then. I think yeah. the playoff would work out that way. We beat the Milwaukee Bucks with Gordon Hayward healthy again. We coast to a championship against uh, um, Anthony Davis and, and the Los Angeles Lakers. There you go. So, you call, so you're calling Celtics Lakers and then Celtics win? Uh, no, no. Uh, that was just – I said that was best-case scenario. That's, That's not – Well, you, you started with best-case scenario is Gordon, what, Gordon Hayward's wife has a baby. That, so that was essentially the premise of your best case scenario. Because it would allow for uh, the worst case would Gordon be Hayward's wife help. having a baby now would result in the Celtics winning a championship two months from now. That sounds like a 30 for 30. Correlation does equal causation in that case. Stats nerd, let's go. All right. Let's talk what about Tom Murray and Donovan Mitchell because, again, 
UK won in a way. I mean, obviously Donovan Mitchell like killed it points wise, but Jamal Murray's team won. Did you all catch that game? I think the the only only talking point about that game is after the fact when Jamal Murray recorded uh, Donovan Mitchell's live reaction um, of him sulking or talking to whoever he was, probably his mother or maybe Rick Pitino. I don't know who he conversates with, but I don't think they talk. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't actually realize that I did when I was doing the the post for this morning that Jamal like Donovan Mitchell was on the Louisville team that played Jamal Murray. That yeah. he was a. I didn't realize he was on the. He was more of a bench player then, but he lost in that game too. And then Jamal Murray outdid him in this one as well. 36 points. He had pretty much all of them in like this fourth quarter in overtime, which he seems to do a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. He came up huge at the end of the game. That was an awesome game to watch. I didn't watch. That was the second game on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I missed it. I I was late to the party. I missed the first game and I, I turned that one on like in the second quarter and was like, let's go settle in basketball's back. And then it was a great game. So we need to talk about what would happen if Jamal Murray does this after a game seven, like goes and records Donovan Mitchell's reaction. Yeah. That's, that's the thing I want to see now. Like it's all funny and fun and games, you know, after, after game one of rally. Hey, you, buddy. But ah. let's see if Jamal Murray is, is, is confident with it after game seven. No, here's what would happen. The NBA bubble people would come in like the suitcase people on the bachelor. Do you all know what I'm talking about? indirectly kind of for those who don't know when you i'm I'm i'll admit it i watch the bachelor i'm not proud of it but i do and when you go on a date you have to pack your suitcase before the date and leave it by the front door so if you get sent home you don't come back to the house and tell everyone goodbye your suitcase is waiting for you someone else i guess some producer swoops in gets your belongings puts you on an airplane and you're home in a few hours that's got to be what the NBA would do too. I mean, they're not going to let those guys sulk around inside the bubble. They're going to be well, like, well, like you're not our responsibility now. Uh, you can go ride some rides at Disney if you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's after a game six. Like, let's say they go up 3-2 or something. That's that's when I want to see it. When they have when they have to be forced to interact. Because I know they're staying in the same hotel, those two teams. Yeah. yeah. Which is even more. And there can't even be that many, like, options for food. Like, I felt like that video we saw the other day, like when that happened last night, I feel like they were like, you know, out trying to look for food or whatever. like, it felt like they were out like little cafeteria. Day to day bubble life. From what I've seen though, the food, the food looks a lot better than it did on day one from when we were seeing those. Had to ease into it. You can't get gourmet meals every, you know, from day one till day, you know, 300 or whatever it is. Yeah, they can. 300. Not, not 300, like 100. Well, it should be. You're in the bubble for a year. <laughs> <laughs> See you. You're in here forever. Okay. Hey, I was, I, was, I was trying to have this point earlier. So Aaron Porter, you guys are both familiar. Good, love good. me some Aaron Porter. University of Kentucky fellow. We, we love him to death. He texts me this afternoon, and he asks, who are you more surprised with in the NBA, Devin Booker or Jamal Murray? Given the roles, you know, think of Devin Booker as, or, or, you know, Devin Booker being with the Suns who have been the epitome of awful for the entirety of his career versus Jamal Murray, who has had the opportunity to kind of, you know, be a star-ish on a, you know, I think he's reaching stardom, I would say, um, on on a contending team, you know, number three seed in in the West. Given their roles, who are you more surprised with um, given after seeing their time in, at Kentucky? That was his question to me. I had my answer and I thought it was a rather simple one, but I want to know what you guys think. Booker. That's a good question. I love AP. Thank you for the question. Um, am I going first? Zach, you want to go? I know who I'm saying. Uh, it's Booker. Has yeah. to be. I would say, I would say Booker based on their roles at UK. I mean, I think without even pulling in their NBA teams, necessarily I mean obviously like the role that they've played on their indiv- like respective individual teams like has had some degree of impact but for the most part for me like how I look at it is is what they did at UK and Murray was was really the guy at UK that year especially most nights and and Booker just wasn't I mean we saw flashes of what he could be but I mean I don't even know if if there was a consensus among the fan base of UK fans that he should have even entered the NBA that year. Am well, I wrong about that? Well, I think I mean, a lot of it. I feel, he was he wasn't even on the the A platoon. I mean, he he was sort of like a 
I mean, he, he came off the bench. And that, that was the reason why that he, he didn't have the same role as Booker or as Murray because, you know, it was right. Murray and Euless versus the world as opposed to the Booker team, which was where in reality Booker was the third or fourth best player on that team. Yeah. And, you know, the first best player is Cat and, like, on down the list. So it's that – that in, in that aspect, uh, you know – I don't even know what we were saying eventually, but go, you continue, Maggie, and I'll jump in with my point here in a second. No, that's all I was saying. I would just say that the more surprise, not really surprising because I always knew that Booker would do well in the NBA. He's so shooting driven. And, and I, even at the time, like I wasn't super happy to see him go to the Suns because they have been such like a terrible organization recently, but it is a place where you can sort of, grow do your own thing he we knew pretty early on that he was going to be the guy there he was going to have the opportunity that he didn't have at UK and that's to come in shoot run you know sort of run the offense and so to me you know that that's where the difference is I don't know if that's the point you were working towards Zach or not well, so, that's so what, what, I would what was the actual question again Jack how did he how did he phrase it I, I'm pulling it up right now so I have my official answer so you guys know I'm not cheating um, his question is, who surprises you more in the NBA, Mur- Murray or Booker? Just flat out. And then he gave his response to mine as well. So, Zach, you give yours. I'll say – I'll tell you what I responded to him and then what Aaron responded. And I've, Aaron had a fantastic point too. We'll have, we'll have to tag him and, and make sure that he gets to see well, this. Well, so t- if, you're, if we're using the word surprise, uh, obviously Booker overplayed his value because he went from, what was he, 13 or 14? Lottery, yeah now an all-star and has taken a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 10 years to a team that now looks like they have a future and will probably contend for a playoff spot. Booker is clearly a franchise player. They've paid him the franchise money. He's going to be an all-star for the next however many years. Jamal Murray, on the other hand, you could say has surprised in the fact that he's almost underplayed his value where Jamal Murray was what the sixth pick. Is that right? pick? See, something like that. And He's been in the in the league, you know, only a few more or a few less years than Booker, so you can give him a little leeway there. But Murray hasn't blossomed into the type of player that, like Booker or Murray, should have been what Booker is right now, and you know, Booker could kind of be in that Murray role. They should be really reversed in how much productivity they kind of bring to the table right now in terms of where they were drafted. Um, but Murray is just he's just on the like. Like here is uh, Jamal Murray, and here is being an All Star, like a future like, right there, an every year All Star. And I think right now, given what he, you know, given the spotlight of the playoffs right now, with no other sports going on, like what he did yesterday is kind of his, you know, welcoming into the NBA playoffs. I think that could be the boost that I think, like you know, Jason Tatum. His year one, how he, you know, was part of that makeshift, you know, Island of Misfit Toys that the Boston Celtics had uh, when they made it to the East, East Conference all, uh, Finals uh, against your LeBron James, you know, that horrible, horrible Game 7 loss and where, yeah, that was, that was depressing. Move on, but, move on. But the way that Tatum kind of, that was his, oh, wow, maybe this is what he could be. I think that's exactly what we're seeing out of out of um, Jamal Murray right now. He's, okay, he's had. So, he's what, had so what did Aaron Porter say? Okay, so my text, my response back was, "Oh, Booker, one hundred percent. I knew Murray was going to be a star. Dude made. Did you guys know that Jamal Murray made a three pointer in every single game that he wore a Kentucky Wildcat uniform? I think every, I did because he holds the record for most threes by a freshman, right? Every single game that he wore a Kentucky uniform, he made at least one three. I think as many as like six or seven. I mean, the dude, easily one of the most reliable and just clutch three-point shooters we've seen in Kentucky basketball history. Deron Lamb is now. Deron Lamb is the winner right now. I mean, for I mean, he's almost shot fifty percent from three. That's just stupid. But Jamal Murray, in terms of okay, I need a dude that's going to just come in and and make three threes for me tonight. That's that that's what he brought to the table. So. Uh, I said, uh, dude made a three in every single game he played at Kentucky. That shooting just translates. Plus, plus he played more on ball, knew he could play that point guard slash shooting guard hybrid in the league. Booker, I thought, would just be a spot-up shooter, Kyle Korver type, which that answers my question. That's why Booker would be easily the bigger surprise yeah, to me. Booker is a five-tool five offensive player. 
Yeah. Um, he said, both these guys are out of the world. I'll probably go with Book as well just because he allowed his game to take a backseat at Kentucky for the sake of the team. Still went lottery, but could, could have even been higher if he got to have the freedom that he has today. But Murray, man, I knew he was good. But he's almost a guy that you could call the best player on a championship team. That I can say I fully didn't see. That it was, was kind of my big point was do you value the fact that Murray right now is looking the part of a dude that could lead a team to, I don't I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that he'd be the, the lead option on a championship team right this second, but we're starting to see those spurts that we are like, man, he might be able to get there in three. Do you not think that Booker, you don't see Booker the same way? I mean, after he led his team to an 8-0 run in the bubble, I mean, he and, clearly was the one leading that team. And I, I Absolutely, and I think hindsight's twenty twenty, knowing that Jamal Murray is actually in this position right now and, you know, with Devin Booker, how would Devin Booker react to having two more All-Stars on his team or another All-Star on his team, you know? At least Jamal Murray has Nikola Jokic and, you know, other solid pieces around it. The Phoenix Suns are really just Devin Booker and, you know, a couple – I mean, it's other, a couple other really solid pieces, but it's yeah, – it's, Devin, it's, it's Devin Booker's team. So, yes, I mean, he could be the number one option, but we don't even know about them being a contender right now. We know that the Nuggets are a contending team year in and year out, at least for the foreseeable future. And we know, as we're seeing right now, that, that Jamal Murray could potentially be that guy – um, especially given what we're what we're seeing so far, so I think it's I, think, I thought it was a fantastic question. So hats, okay. hats off to AP. Yeah, and I I, th- I think Booker it can ab- Booker can absolutely be a guy that can be your number one option and you can win a championship on just because of all the things he can do on offense. Murray, I'm not and entirely look at sure. your look at your background exactly. I mean, look at this. Like you know, he made the shot over this guy. Clutch. But Jamal Murray, I don't think – I will respectfully disagree with you all saying I don't think Murray can be a, a guy that can lead a team to a title uh, solely because I don't think six three-point guards can lead teams to titles. Uh, they, they just have to be – they have to be bigger. They have to be stronger. They have to be wing players. Like your, your best player on a, on a championship NBA team – is never going to be a six foot three point guard. I don't think that's ever happened in the, if it has, someone can prove me wrong, but I would argue that it never has. So like guys like Luka Doncic, like, and like, that's going to be a guy that is, can win a title by himself. And that's why they have Nikola Jokic on the Nuggets because Jokic can be the best player on your team and you can win a title because Nikola Jokic is going to make every single person around him better. Whereas Jamal Murray doesn't necessarily do that yet. And for Jamal Murray to do that, he's going to have to turn into someone like Damian Lillard. And you, we've even seen that even when Damian Lillard is as good as he is, if Damian, if Damian Lillard is the best player on your team, we see what their, their cap is. And it's about, it's about the yeah, conference finals if you're lucky. So that's, that's why I don't think I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any pressure on Murray. And I've learned my lesson by trying to say that a guy like John Wall is probably your closest guy that could be like a point guard that could potentially – win you a title and even he's not nearly good enough to do that stuff so who would you say was the best player on that 04 detroit pistons team just out of curiosity the best player wouldn't you say it was chauncey billups i mean chauncey billups a six foot three point guard yeah that was you know, okay you're picking the one anom- you're picking the one anomaly of the okay what, what about the what about the rest of the the 19 teams over the last I, years I, I, that was just me. It'd be Tim Duncan, that was just me Kobe, being, LeBron. I, I totally, I totally agree with your point. Yeah. I that was actually the if first the Nuggets time. can form a team like that where they have five borderline all stars, then sure, go ahead. But I'll be honest with you, Jamal Murray is not as good as Chauncey Billups. He hasn't been, and honestly, Jamal Murray probably won't say, ever be better than Chauncey Billups. I would also say that I think Booker sort of has the benefit of being a, a more of a fan favorite among Kentucky fans. I mean, I know that's not really exactly the route we were going with this conversation, but I think in general, Kentucky fans adore Devin Booker, and I'm not sure they feel that way about Murray. I, I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it. What I would say is that Murray didn't get the opportunities that some of these guys recently have had in terms of being on a team that got a lot of exposure of their personalities. They didn't get to know the fan base. I feel like when Murray was here, I mean, I don't think the fan base got to know him. I really don't. I think 
Booker. We didn't have social media or anything. We knew really. everyone on that 2015-16 team. I mean, I feel like we, we, we just knew everything about them. We saw their personalities. They had a gimmick of the platoons. I just don't think Murray had that benefit. And, and even though that doesn't really go into whether or not that he can lead an NBA team, I do think from a Kentucky fan's perspective, they're going to be more likely to, to wish that on to Devin Booker, probably more than Jamal Murray. Yeah, I think I'll he, say this. I'll say this about Devin. Sorry, Jack, to interrupt you, but I just had something that I, I, I kind of thought that I want to – it's almost a hot take, if you want to say, but not really a hot take. It'll just be my take of the day, we'll say. Okay. But if I had to pick this, – this answer used to be Anthony Davis, but we're about to – past the point where that's not going to happen. Calipari's first NBA MVP is going to be Devin Booker. Ooh. That's possible. I that's used to think it was going to be Anthony Davis, but the, the time about that is probably about to pass where that might, unless he wins it maybe in the next year, Although, or two, it probably might not happen. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. I'm not sure if I'm ready to take that away from Anthony Davis yet. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either, but I think at the rate we're going right now, the MVPs are going to start going away from the dudes that are in their late 20s and they're start, going to start going to keep staying with guys like Giannis and Luka Doncic. If I had to bet right now, Luka Doncic will win MVP next year. And it's just going to be a continuation of guys like that. So I think Booker's in line to potentially do that. He's got to get the help around him, though. So it really just depends on how yeah. good he the needs to have to be at least some, some sort. They don't He's have got to have another superstar. He needs to have like a, like a Chris Middleton next to him. Or someone who can play who can play that'd defense. Be that'd, that'd be, be a fun duo. He really needs a guy that can play defense, or even get him a bit. If it really DeAndre Ayton can actually play like a number one pick, that would be huge as well. So that would be nice. Getting Chris Middleton the hell away from the Bucks, so I don't ever have to see him ever again in the East go against the Celtics because he drops fifty every time he goes up against the Celtics. Against Celtics, he was trash today. So all, I will be. Oh, yeah, wait. Well, wait till the Eastern Conference. Against the Magic. If we make it that far, he's going to average 50 a game against us. So, yeah. good luck. And, by the way, I was trying to cut you off, cut both of you all off to try to come up with a Jamal Murray social media joke that, you know, about his late night social media habits. But I couldn't. I'm not going there. It just didn't fit into uh, the um, schedule of events. So, we'll just This podcast is strictly PG-13. And that feels a little our territory. That was not PG-13. Yeah, not into that. I'm not into that. Okay. We've been talking for a long time. I don't want us to go too long. And I know we want to get in some football schedule stuff. Do you feel like we've covered the bubble? We good to move on? Yep. Sweet. I have the schedule right here in front of me. I can run through it real quick and then we can dive in on just a few little things we're the most excited to see, something we're nervous about, general takeaways, etc. Sound good? Yep. All right. I don't have this memorized yet, but I have it in front of me. Don't Quickly. So, what? Quickly. Snappy. Okay, we'll be snappy. Week one at Auburn. Week two at home versus Ole Miss. Week three versus Mississippi State. Week four at Tennessee. Week five versus Georgia. Week six at Missouri. Week seven is a bye week. Week eight is versus Vanderbilt. Week nine is at Alabama. Week 10 is at Florida. And week 11 is versus South Carolina. Right away, I'm pretty happy about starting the season with Auburn. I'm pretty happy with where our, I don't love where our bye week fell, but it could have been worse. I'm pretty happy playing those two Mississippi Mississippi teams at the beginning. I'm pretty happy with where Alabama fell. I like this schedule. What do you all think? Go for it, Zach. I want to hear your take. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and I know our, our, our over-under was set at 4.5, and that seems dangerous. Bingo, bingo. Hit That's, that. That is, that is dangerous. My life savings on it. I, yeah. yeah, see, I think I think five would be – people keep saying that five and five is a good year for us, which I agree, five and five would be awesome, but can we win five games? Nah, five and five ain't good enough. We're, we're better than that. It, even given I mean, who, who are the five wins? Uh, going down the Auburn, list. Um, I don't think it's Georgia, Bama, Miss, Florida. Mississippi State, we're beating Tennessee this year. Sorry, it's happening. Missouri, Vandy, South Carolina are your six, and then you can get – I mean, I think they can snag an Auburn, Bama, think, or a Florida, yeah. or a I Georgia. Think they will snag one of those games. I, I don't know which one it is, but they will snag one of those games. That would yeah, be the program. Too, that would be the, the Stoops win. That would be the defining Stoops win if he can snag one of those. I mean, this is the year to do it. And and honestly, having Auburn first, I said I was happy with that. I mean, one, there's probably going to be no fans there, or very limited fans. So that or games at all. Right? Huh. 
Ooh, I'm Zach. I'm Mr. Pessimistic. We're playing football, Zach. Get over it. Zach, don't bring the mood down, okay? We're being optimistic. I don't, I don't be today. throwing the football in your backyard by yourselves. We're going to be optimistic today. We don't need okay. activity in my life. Today's an optimistic podcast day, okay? And Auburn, okay, first, what are they going to watch? What footage of Terry Wilson do they have two years ago with a totally different offense, a totally different defense? There's no way. There's no way. Were they going to watch Lynn Bowden running around last season? Is that going to help them? That's true. Or good old Joey Gatewood, if he ever gets eligible for the NCAA, that would be fantastic. All Joey Gatewood's never going to be eligible. Joe's I have, I have, I have, I stay up late at night just thinking about the opportunities of Terry Wilson getting the first seven yards and then having a third. Could you imagine having a third and three? with a six foot six, 260-pound quarterback like Joey Gatewood, just saying, oh, it's third and three, just run it. Just run straight up the middle, Joey. You got this. Like, Against Auburn, that would be amazing. He would be, he would be <laughs> the equivalent of Benny Snell as a quarterback, just in terms of just pure size. And you know exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to be running it right up the middle, and we're going to convert every single time. I'm just, I'm just dreaming of that scenario. It has to happen. He's not going to start over Terry Wilson. But if that opportunity comes where he's able to kind of be that makeshift short down territory, goal line quarterback, oh, that just sounds just heavy. At this point, at this point there's 0% of me that is expecting to see him at all this season. With the way the NCAA is moving, I just don't trust them to get that done in time. I'm worried we're, we're ranging on that same sort of territory with Olivier Starr. I, mean, I, I don't understand. We're still four months away from a season with that. I'm, I'm straight with that. I think we'll, uh, we'll see. But anyway, we've, again, got we've got some Lane Kiffin action in week two and then some Mike Leach action in game three. Uh, fun. That's pretty fun. Tennessee. I'm not picking us against Tennessee. We're beating no them. Part Sorry. Again. We're beating them. I'm, t- I'm tired of it. We're past that. We're past those narratives. We're good. We don't know about that. Week five against Georgia. Uh, you know, coming off a Tennessee game for us. Okay. But Georgia, we're sandwiched between Alabama and Florida. That's good news for Kentucky. I'm happy with that. Then yep. after that, we've got Missouri. Uh, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot about what Missouri looks like this season, but I feel, I feel pretty good about Kentucky's chances in that game. Crash. <laughs> I mean, they should, have, like, they should have four automatic wins on here. We're beating Vandy by 100. So Yeah, coming off a bye week, that's Except good news. four games. Yeah. And bye week, Vandy. Vandy, it's basically two bye weeks going into the Alabama game. That. Right, and, and yeah, that's yeah, two bye games for Kentucky, back. not to jinx anything. But for Alabama, it's LSU, then Kentucky, then Auburn. So that's good news. Then for Kentucky, Arkansas. I think. Don't forget about Arkansas. Right. Yeah. Hot take. Hot take. Kentucky will beat one of Georgia or Alabama this year. Write it down. I'm honestly on that train because of the way the schedules line up. Because, I mean, for Georgia, it's going Alabama, Kentucky, Florida. And for Alabama, it's going LSU, Kentucky, Auburn. That, this is the perfect year for Kentucky to continue to be the underdog. I hope that the media keeps undervaluing Kentucky's chances. And I hope the same teams are doing that as well. I hope that Georgia completely overlooks Kentucky. I hope Alabama completely overlooks Kentucky. The only one that's sort of like, I don't know exactly how the schedule will work out is the Florida game. I mean, by the end of the year, who knows what could change in terms of yeah. coronavirus, injuries, et cetera. I'm, I'm penciled as a loss. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but I feel good about ending on South Carolina. I mean, last year was horrific. Um, I was at that game in Columbia, and it was so depressing. Um, so I'm ready to, to get back on the, the right foot and, and be the Gamecocks again this year. So we were running seven? By my, by my, uh, I, I'm going six and four. I don't know what you're going. I'm going six okay. and four. For, for this argument, we're going to say we lose day one, Auburn. We're going to start with one loss. We're going to beat Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee, one of no, Georgia. No, I'm Michigan. not picking. I'm don't, don't include me. I, uh, this is, this is me, myself, and I. Okay. So Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Missouri, Vandy. South Carolina and one of Georgia, Alabama. Seven three market down. Wow. Well, done deal. Done deal. Zach is um, never as optimistic as you and I are. So we're Zach- gonna go two you and eight. You know what? I think I bet we go nine and one. 
There you go. Oh my God. And, Say it with but, your chest. But Say our it with only, your chest, our only loss is to Vandy. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, <laughs> hey and since you all won't, I'm doing this because you all, you won't let me, let me be pessimistic. And since I don't, there's not going to be a season anyways, I might as well get my hot takes off, right? Get them off now. Nine and one. We're going to lose to Vandy by 45. <laughs> You're ridiculous. All right, let's move on. Does anyone want to do pits and peaks before we wrap this fun thing up? We're just, we were just getting rolling. Why are we ending it so soon? So soon? We've been Ending. talking. We've been doing this for almost an hour. This is amazing. This is like the best time I've ever had on this show. That's because you're drunk, Jack. Yeah. I, I just finished the whole drink. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're, you're fine. I'm just trying to rush this honestly because I have some fire food on the way and no, I'm getting excited to eat some Carson's. Is it yeah. – is it – Allison, did I say Allison? I'm sorry. What? Katie. What do you think my name is? No, I was trying to say Eleanor. Your Eleanor, your sister. <laughs> yes, uh, my little sister will be a freshman at Center this year. I'm really excited for her. Hopefully, things go well. She gets to move into the dorms this weekend. She's playing volleyball there. Her volleyball season has already been canceled, which has been really hard on the Davis girls in our household. It feels so bad for her about that. So I just hope that she gets a semi-normal and, and hopefully a full semester uh, ahead of her at center. She leaves this weekend. I'm going to be here without her, which is really sad. So tonight we are celebrating slash grieving with a good dinner of takeout Carson's, supporting the local Lexington economy with some amazing food. I'm really excited. That's really the real reason why I'm trying to hurry you along. It's not because of your all's terrible takes, even though that was a terrible take by Zach. I thought it was a great take. I'll take nine and one and lose by 45 to Vandy all day. I thought it was – if, if we have to lose by 45 to Vandy to, to go nine and one, I, I would take that deal. That means wins over Alabama, Tennessee, Florida. Georgia. Georgia. They wouldn't I put would, us in the playoff. I'd lose to 100 by Vandy if we could take that opportunity. That sounds amazing. That sounds heavenly. Okay. We haven't even talked about UK starting back yesterday. Yeah, I don't even well, want to get into that because it makes me so antsy. They've already been screwing it up big time. Yeah, that's where that's where pessimistic Zach will come in and and uh, ruin yeah. everyone's day. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you could escape? Uh-huh. I will have my pessimistic take before the show is over. Oh. He just wanted, wants to rain on our parades. It's okay. Someone's got to do it. Okay, I want to know what you guys think about the debate on. Um, okay, we're going to go to virtual learning, but still move forward with sports. What is your? What do you all think about that? It's, it's just hypocrisy. There's n- not another word that I can use to describe. That is only okay if you let the players profit off of their name, image, and likeness. It is. First of all, I've been saying this for years. It's ridiculous that they're not already doing that. But at this point, if it's not safe for an average student to be on campus, then it is not okay to make these student athletes stay on campus. Absolutely not. I want to see football more than anyone. My literal career depends on it but I'm not willing to risk these students when other students are being told it's not safe for them to stay. Obviously just from a numbers perspective, it is very different because I mean, the general student population of 20,000 people can't have the same precautions as a football team of 95 or so. They can't be tested as frequently. They can't be quarantined as much. Um, You know, there, there just can't be as many precautions when you're dealing with an entire student body that you really don't have any control over in terms of what they're doing, going to the bars, gathering in big groups, going to a CSF pancake dinner at midnight, like what happened on UK's campus the other night. Don't get me started on that. Um, 200 people there. There are like 300 people there. That video. Are you again, kidding? I can't even go there. But you, you can do that with a football team. I understand you can do – or any sports team. I mean, let's, let's be real. If you're making the football team stay, and they want to stay, I understand. There's, there's plenty of players who want to stay – don't send, don't send the volleyball team home. Don't send these other fall sports home. If you're making accommodations for you to make money off of the football team and you're willing to make it, you know, a safe environment for these 100 people, then you should be able to make it safe for the 10 people on every other fall sports team. I mean, obviously it's hypocrisy, like big enough if it's just the difference between students and student athletes. But if you're only leaving the football team on campus, the only fall sport that's revenue generating and you're sending home even the other student athletes and canceling their seasons, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I mean, the I'm, is, I'm not okay with that. They're just confirming what everyone has already kind of known and that it's all, you know, it's all, it all just comes down to that green. Oh, money. Well, I know. And we've known that, but 
that's the thing. Ah, now, that's now, they're just, now they're being loud about it. Now they're being really loud about it. And so it's a little that's bit thing. Now. Okay. That's why all these kids have these arguments for the NIL rights. I completely understand if there is a push on all of the athletic departments across America to have college football season and college basketball season because that is how we fund the rest of the sports. It makes total sense why there is a money push for them. It makes it makes it makes absolute complete sense. I get it, but if you're going to have that argument of, hey, we're going to really do whatever it takes to fund these sports because we know that if we have football, we can fund the rest of the sports. That part I wholeheartedly agree with. But if you're going to do that, then you have to understand that okay, you are putting these students at danger in danger. The the absolute you know. Worst, best thing that you could do for them, I guess, is to allow them an opportunity to make money off their own name and likeness. They by by saying, okay, we understand that there's some da- some risks involved. If you don't want to play, we totally get it. But the at the least we could possibly do in this case is say, hey, we know this is a really shitty situation for everybody involved. Let's just make sure that that if you want to do this, you have the opportunity to make as much money as you want to with your name, image, and likeness, sell T-shirts, you know, go work at a, you know, go have a meet and greet at a car, you know, car lot, you know, however, whatever you want to do to make money, by all means do it if that's what it takes to make these kids happy and make it feel like it's worth their while to sacrifice their, their long-term health. I mean, that's it. Did that's you all see – did you all see that in Ohio they are it, – it looks like they're going to be allowing high school football and obviously not Ohio State football? Yeah, that – I mean, that will not go well in yeah, Buckeye. That, that won't happen. <laughs> the, Ohio, the Ohio State people up, up top, will they'll find a way to shut that down. If they're not playing football, the high school kids aren't going to play football. The Ohio governor State. said they are. The you, Ohio State University will make sure did, that that does not did happen. Did you see all the Big Ten parents that are coming out and pushing for uh, the the Big Ten to reverse their decisions? Yeah, there, there were some rumblings that the big that this is going to cause the Big Ten to at least reconsider. Not that it's going to you know actually move the needle in terms yeah, of the, they're going to say, oh yeah, we'll we'll take your thoughts into consideration, folks. We we adore your paychecks that you send us every week, but in reality, that, that is the biggest, the most frustrating thing about all of this is that they waited for. Every 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 school in America waited for these kids to get on campus. Saw all this all this stuff unfold. Hey, did that tuition check cash yet? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have everybody leave campus. We're gonna go to virtual learning. Let's make sure that everybody gets off. Uh, I think this is a great situation. What do you think? Like, I think that is the just the most frustrating part of all this is that you they- want a little bit of extra info. Guess when UK's tuition is due? The 22nd, I think I saw. Yes, this right? Saturday. What's going yeah. on Monday? They're gonna, yeah, they're absolutely sending people away next week. There's no oh, way. I, don't, I, I hope they don't. I genuinely it. hope they don't. But I, won't, I will be upset if they do on Monday after they've collected all their tuition. I mean, I saw a Snapchat. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen examples of classes where the students are meeting in person in a large auditorium and the professor is zooming in so that the university can call that an in-person class. Get the That's not in- out of here. What's if the it's point? not safe for your professor to come in, why, one professor to come, why is it safe for you to, to gather 40 people in the auditorium? Because the professor doesn't pay them. Sheesh. Anyway, that feels like a good place to wrap it up. But let's end on a positive note. Anyone want to uh, pit and peek it? Or just peek it, I guess? We'll peek it. Yeah? Zach, go first. I mean, Jack, Jack, we've already gotten, we've already gotten your pit. That yeah. was the whole beginning but, of the show. But to be fair, that is also a, a peak because I know long term this hiring of Jay Lucas I promise you will be a net supposed massive reported, reported, reported if all these reports coming out didn't ruin the opportunity for this to happen um, long term if this happens this is a long term massive massive net win for Kentucky basketball recruiting I promise you guys 
this this is exactly what Kentucky needed. I mean, flat out, the reason why everybody was so disappointed in Blue, in Bruiser Flint and his hiring is because he's you know not that there's anything wrong with him as a coach. It's that he's a 55 year old dude that the staff is was only getting older or you know not changing age at all. I mean, right now the reason the Tennessees of the world they just picked up Kenny Chandler, number one point guard in the class of 2021. The reason why schools are getting you know the the outside schools that oh why is Tennessee picking up schools like that? It's picking up high profile recruits like that. It's because they are getting the Kim Englishes of the world who is, you know, young, relatable, swaggy type assistant coach. It's because those type of guys are flooding college basketball right now in UK. They have one in Joel justice, but they needed another one. I mean, it needs to be two guys hitting the recruiting trail back to back and, and, you know, going after it. And, that is exactly what K. Luke was bringing to the table. So that's that, that is easily as, as rough as these last twenty four hours have been. I think long term, it's definitely a, a massive peak in in my heart. Big peak, big peak, big time peak. Very nice, very nice. Zach Attack, you got anything? Nah. Wow. Go figure. Zach has nothing positive to say. Nothing positive. What? Your turn. No, uh-uh. Are you seriously I'm skipping not, your turn? Not happening. Come up with something. No, we're skipping him. If he no. wants to be – no, if he wants to be like that, be like that. But when you're sad, just kidding. If you're sad, you can always talk to us, Zach. We're here for you, buddy. Just let us yeah, know. I gotta, you know what? This might be the time. This this might be a proper proper way to, to have a conversation about this. Next week – no, we're doing this next week because I've already come up with it. I just – it was too late to get together today. We're doing some mental health checks next week. Just okay. get ready. All right. But this week, we'll, we'll give Zach a pass. It's all right, buddy. I hope you enjoy the rest of the NBA games tonight. I will. That, that, will, be, that will be his peak, that he has more NBA to look forward to. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Hey, we got a peak out of him. He said it. We did. We did. Awesome. I would say my peak is just a week of amazing food that my sister is picking out. She did a great job. I'm proud of her for all the decisions she's made. Tonight, it's Carson's. That's going to be the peak of the day, at least. Maybe the week. I'm pretty into their food, so I'm going to log off now and, and go enjoy. Bye, guys. Bye.